following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, back in the house. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Well, that was a little aggressive. That is a little aggressive. I'm going to fucking dial you back just a touch. Hey, hey. That's okay, better. There we go. Hey, we uh, it's hockey season, and by <laughs> hockey season, it's hockey postseason, buddy. Yeah, uh, some some interesting exit interviews from a locker cleanouts for the Sabers. Yeah, that was uh, that was something, wasn't it? Obviously, first and foremost, Jack Eichel saying some Jack Eichel things. I mean, we've been saying for a couple of years now, like, hey, he's gonna want out. Like, we better do something because he's not gonna be here forever if we keep doing this. And he didn't come out and say he wanted out, but he didn't not okay, say. Okay, but the big thing is next year is the last year on his contract before no movement clause kicks in. Right. So, in other words, this offseason is when he would get moved because otherwise you could end up with one. I mean, how many times do you see a guy come out and request a trade and it just tanks the value? Yeah. So, that would be awful. If he actually verbally said that, he's doing all he's saying it basically without saying it. Yeah. He, um, we'll, then, we'll say he's doing it the right way, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's he really is. He's he's not being a dick about it, I don't think. Right. It, there, there definitely is a disconnect between him and the organization. That's very clear. Which, you know, coming out and saying there's a disconnect between the organization, I also saw, you know, I want to be healthy to play hockey. And really the disconnect was how they handled his injury situation. Yeah, I mean, there was... A lot of shenanigans, but just real quickly before we go on to that, the you don't want to end up with him having the no movement clause, and now you have repeat of Taylor Hall. Very Jack true. Michael, where yeah. he decides where he goes, and he decides what deal you get. It doesn't matter if you get three first round picks, Alexi Lafreniere and Capocaco from the Rangers, because Michael wants to go to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? You yeah. don't want to end up in that spot when his no movement clause kicks in. However. I would very much enjoy seeing number nine stick around and play hockey for us. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of people who don't necessarily share that sentiment. Um, Which are is wild to me. Suburban hockey dads are a different breed, man. Go cut your lawn. <laughs> we are coming out hot today. Holy shit. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, oh, he's unmotivated. He's he's a cancer. He's, you know, it's all about him and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm He's not half the talent that McDavid is. I, okay. I've seen it all. Seen it all, man. It's. I don't know. Like, I, I, I understand. We, we clearly tanked for McDavid in 2015 and when we didn't get him. But Jack Eichel is a damn good player. I, he's not Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is a robot. I don't think he's human. He's got all. He's got 104 points in 53 games or whatever this year. Like, listen, you want generational talent. You want to see what generational talent looks like. Since Crosby. It's McDavid. There right. really hasn't been another. Like, you can say Austin Matthews is, is a great pure goal scorer. All Patrick Lyon, a great pure goal scorer. Um, there's Nathan McKinnon, good two-way player, great offensive player, but Connor McDavid is just different. And yeah. you can't blame Jack Eichel for that. No. At all. No. <laughs> no, that, but that's... But that's the thing is, is fans, fans get so, like, suburban hockey dads... They they get so pissed off and they're like Jack Eichel's not Connor McDavid no shit but that's okay I can win games with Jack Eichel if you actually build a roster yeah and that's that's really one of the big things and again something to be said about the way the injury was handled and you know yeah well I mean we we went over that on the podcast the whole he's not hurt he goes no I am hurt and then they go okay well he was hurt and then maybe it was during warmups and he goes no it was during the game. You know what I mean? It's like, I understand, the for people out there who don't really know, the NHL is almost anti-NFL in terms of injury. Like, NFL has like six different things that you could be marked on game day, questionable, doubtful. You know what I mean? Like, all yeah. those things, and they'll be like, it's a shoulder injury. And then the NHL, it's like, well, he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. Yeah. Un- and it, and he, undisclosed and lower body it, tweak. It's because he had to take a, a mean dump and he was backed up. That's an upper body injury. Right. And so, like, that's – the NHL is very vague about that. They don't want to, like, tell people about injuries. And, yeah. So that on top of the whole, like, Jack's dealing with 
he's he's been dealing with injuries his whole career. It's starting to become a bit of a concern. Well, but when you're the only guy that like when 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 the whole team success is on your shoulders squarely, yeah, it's tough not to get banged up. Because well, yeah, I mean, and he's he's been playing over twenty minutes a night since he was eighteen in the NHL, right? <laughs> and yeah. which which puts him at twenty one, twenty two, somewhere in there. I mean, again, you don't normally hit that like. I'm a grown ass man with grown ass man size, grown ass man strength, yeah. and grown ass man muscle until you're in your mid twenties. Right. So. Well, that's just it. He's also about to hit his prime. Yeah. And I can completely understand him looking at this and going, "Man, I've been here for five years. I've been busting my ass, and we got nothing. If anything, we got more turnover now than we did five years ago when he walked in the door." Yeah. And. Yeah, it's an ugly situation, man. It's not pretty, for that's for sure. And, you know, it, it's funny because, uh, who was, I believe it was, uh, Risto came out and said, yeah, if you move me, cool. If you, if you keep me, okay. That's another guy. He's been here for like seven years, man. And I I mean, again, big Risto truther here. I, I love Risto. I know people don't like his game. But I think for the role that he plays, he does a good job and... Once again, you get rid of Risto to go find another big guy like Risto. Right. Um, but at this point, it's it's how how much longer is that experiment going to keep going? <laughs> well, and that like, at what point do these guys just? I mean, what a weird answer. Like, wh- where do you want to be? Well, if they move me, cool. If they keep me, cool. Like that's that's through, not that, he's been through four rebuilds. And, and that, but that's what I mean. Like, that's a dude who like it just sounds like they. He sounds like a beaten dog. Yeah. Like just yeah, whatever. Well, like it, I'm getting paid either way, so here, that's that's fine. Here's a good one for for you too, because you know Sam Reinhardt, RFA this offseason. We have never given him the long term deal. Botterill decided to bridge him twice, um, and this is his last year of restricted free agent status, and he sounds like he is pretty tired of this place too. Uh, drafted what 2013 second overall. So he's been here for a while as well, and we just refuse to give him the long-term contract. Skinner walks in for one year, puts up 40 goals, gets $72 million over eight years. Right. Sam Reinhart has had one season in his entire NHL career where he scored less than 20 goals, and he's always put up assists. Uh, Paul Hamilton has come out and said that Sam Reinhart has basically alluded that he would like to be traded to the West Coast. Yeah, he is a West Coast kid. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is... He doesn't hold the cards at the moment, but what you could do is the Sabres qualify him so that if anybody else offer sheets him, you can you can get some compensation. Um, and then at that point, you can talk to teams at the trade, um, sorry, at the draft, and be like, you want to have the negotiating rights for Sam Reinhardt. That's still going to be worth something. You know what I mean? That's like It's not going to be worth, if you have Sam, Sam Reinhardt on a three-year contract for like five and a half mil, and you could ship him to a team. But on the one-year deal, um, well, at least with the, the qualifying offer out there, he would be secured for one year. You could give them the negotiating rights. And I can easily see him going to, like, a Calgary or Vancouver. He, he seems like the kind of he, – he's from Vancouver. Seems like the kind of kid who would want to go home after eight years of sitting here and going right. through shenanigans. You know, and that's – like if he like at this point if, if he's like I'm I'm in the prime of my career and I'm gonna play for a team who's struggling to make the playoffs I might as well go play for my hometown team right and I mean like and that's you know one one of those teams is struggling to make the playoffs the other one is not even close yeah but Vancouver the, I'm talking I'm talking about staying here in Buffalo like we're not close well I mean neither is Vancouver this year technically. They're they're real they're real down. But the other thing too is is also with Buffalo, we were in the hardest division in hockey this year. Very true. So I mean, that's also been stated by a couple of the players, and like that's this this year we're gonna look back on this in like three years and be like, oh yeah, remember that global pandemic? It's gonna be a one off shot. You know what I mean? This whole thing is a one off season because you're playing. There's four different leagues playing. And then you're having a playoffs from there. It's almost like MLB split the AL and NL into two extra leagues, and then you're having that whole thing come together. You know what I mean? It's, right. 
it's just not going to be what it ever will be again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and this, <clears throat> it's, it's definitely an interesting, I mean, we've talked about it a few times on the show. Like it's just the, the layout of the, of the league this year. Like you're going to have right. teams that deserve to be in the playoffs that aren't going to make it. And teams that don't are going to because and right. ju- that's just because of well, the layout. And, and where the I was going with that was Sam, if he goes to Calgary or Vancouver, um, like Vancouver this year got kind of spanked around in the Canadian division and they don't really have a blue line, which they could get away with when they played in the old Pacific because they played a bunch of California teams who were rebuilding. They, they could get away with not having a, a, a blue line, a deep blue line playing the Pacific teams because the Sharks were down, Ducks were down, Kings were down. Um, then they go up to the Canadian division, and all of a sudden, instead of playing the Ducks and the Kings, you get the Leafs and the Habs. Um, a bit better <laughs> in terms of uh, a built team. You know, the, both of those teams maybe don't have the top end talent. Well, the the Leafs do, but the Habs probably don't have the top end talent. But at the same time, um, they fly around a little bit better. Right. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to apologize there. We had a, a small audio issue that was fixed mid-recording. So uh, hopefully we're a little bit clearer and a little bit more in your we'll see. in your in your headset here. But uh, interesting take on the uh, like those divisions because guess what? It's postseason time, bud. Right. I know. I'm it excited. Is, it is postseason time. Postseason hockey is different. It is, and I mean. I mean, let, let, I guess we can we can segue into this. Uh, the Rangers. Capitals debacle from this past week. So, and we can segue with the Rangers have fired their head coach. The Rangers have fired uh, Dan Quinn, which to me is is intriguing. Um, one because he's had decent success with a very young team, and they're a year removed from finishing tenth worst, winning the draft lottery, and getting Alexi Lafreniere after picking second the year before that. So they moved up in the lottery. They got a lot of young talent. Adam Fox, who got traded twice somehow in his career, is looking like a Norris Trophy winner. And not only that, uh, I, I know we've talked about it on here, when when Chris Drury got sidelined by Chris Neal and Lindy Ruff put out his boys and said, all right, let's go get it. Well, Tom Wilson, with an all-time I, – I, I do like Tom oh, – I liked Tom Wilson, similar to how I liked Lucic before he ran Ryan Miller. Which the Sabres did nothing about. Correct, and I'll give the Rangers credit for, for <clears throat> responding, but uh, Tom Wilson had his stick wrapped underneath Pavel Buchevich's neck on the ground and then sucker-punched him, got jumped by the entire Rangers team because that's some scummy shit. And that's what you should do. Right, and then he slammed Artemi Panarin, and Artemi's out for the rest of the year. Onto the ground. And it's like the the blatant disrespect for the health of other guys on the ice. Yeah, just the disregard for another guy's like career and well being. I, I mean, the the that's, the, that's, the Buchnevich thing was was worse than the the Panarin thing. I think because like if you catch him wrong with that punch on the ice, he could he could do something really bad to his neck with a stick underneath it. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, you know, the Rangers social media team, I don't know if you saw that, put out a statement saying that George Peros, the the head of the player safety in the NHL, should be out of a job. Because, yes, because he is he is unfit for, for duty based on the... Well, Tom Wilson made $13,000 in that period for the scummy shit. Right. He had to pay a fine, but it was significantly less than he makes in one period of hockey. Right. So... After that goes out, the Rangers' front office gets removed from a job the day after. Right. And the organization goes, no, just a coincidence in timing. Doesn't make any sense to me because if you look at the Rangers, one, if you like, you can't say that it was performance-based. No. The, the Rangers started off the season okay. Artemi Panarin had his little furlough with the Russian hit piece. <laughs> so they were down. He comes back. Because nothing says hockey like a Russian having a hit put out on him. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Hey, got to make sure my family's not getting murdered by Putin real quick. Right. By the way, Vladdy put up eight goals yesterday. I don't know if you saw those highlights. Uh, I did not, but I'm going to go look. He did his yearly, uh, I'm playing with CSKA Moscow, and I score eight goals, and it's hysterical. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, so he 
Panarin had his little furlough, comes back. The Rangers start lighting it up. They push for a playoff spot. They got a really, really young team who's starting to click. Good young head coach who was coaching at Michigan a couple years ago. You know, bright mind coming up. Um, They fire the front office for the social media statement, say that it was performance-related despite the fact that they were turning it on lately. And now, about a week after and the season is over, they're firing Dan Quinn. And it just... Which is funny because the, you know, Dan Quinn puts out, like you said, he put out his boys. Yeah. And they went after it. 100 penalty minutes in the first period. Five fights in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, that's, you, you've heard of five for fighting. It, it's not easy to do that. No. So uh, it, the, the whole thing, like, you, you, you can watch it. It was all, it was old school, all hands on deck line brawl. Right. And I, I mean, like, it, in terms of and Pierre Maguire, I hate Pierre Maguire for um, NBCSN or NBC, whatever he's rolling for the day. He he's just an idiot, but he did make a really good statement after the the first two fights, and he goes, "If Tom Wilson gets suspended for one game, do we have all this? No, no, we don't." Now, personally, I love it because that's part of hockey is policing the game, you know, from and the I, players. Absolutely, and there, there's there's part of that, you know. Like and everybody who knows me knows I'm a baseball guy. Like there's the it's the same the, thing the as a un- high inside pitch. The unwritten rules of baseball: you respect the game, you right? Respect, like and when you do something that disrespects the game, there is some form of penalty, whether the league doles it out or the other team doles it out. You know, and you're seeing it right now with the Astros, where every right uh, like still we, after we the didn't scandal. do enough according to the to every other team. So yep. uh, all right, <laughs> we're gonna go bully the Astros for for a couple seasons. Yeah, I mean, and they're getting roasted, and now yeah. so the league didn't handle. The cheap shot, the blatant disregard for for human, for human life. life. Really. That I mean, that was that was bad. That, that was, was so I mean, bad. I, I've seen some some scummy shit in my day. That that's it's that, not as bad as Todd Bertuzzi um, coming up from behind with the two hander. No, that oh. was just a one hander. But he he broke the dude's neck and he never played a game again. Who's, uh, who's the dude with the two hand like the the stick? Oh, that? the Islanders versus yes. the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it wasn't as bad as that because Butchnevich thankfully was okay, but. Right. Like it, like we were saying, the disrespect for what could have happened if he caught him wrong, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And also, like, it, it's similar It's similar to me to Lucic running Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller's six foot one, 175 soaking wet. Lucic is 6'3", 250. Right. Tom Wilson is, is 6'3", 250. Buchnevich is about 6'1", 185. Yeah. It's like, why are you slamming that dude on the ground like that? You're a big man. You don't need to be doing shit like that. No, and with great size comes great responsibility to some yeah. point. Like I had to learn that the hard way. It happens but uh, in, in hockey especially. It happens to all of us. Um all of us large human beings. You know, we have that coming of age of, oh, I'm just bigger than people. I need uh, to be yeah, careful. There's, and, uh, yeah, there's nothing but, you could do about it. <laughs> so like it, it was it was handled appropriately by the team when it wasn't handled appropriately if you ask by the me. league. I, if you I ask agree. me, I think it was handled. And, and, I, and they didn't. I don't think they won a fight that day. It didn't matter. No. That wasn't what it was about. No, it was sending a message that that's not okay. And if, like, listen, you wouldn't have had to fight. Despite the fact you won the fight, you wouldn't have had to if your boy wasn't a piece of shit. Right. And if the league would have done something about your boy being a piece of shit. Now, I will say this. This, this story came out uh, the day after the game, and I thought this was an absolute baller move by Big Zed Zdeno Chara. Uh, for hockey fans who don't really know, but I'm pretty sure you would know who Zdeno Char is. He's six foot nine. He's the tree on skates. Yeah, big boy. Played. He's like 42. Played for years. Won a couple Norrises. Won a bunch of cups. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer. Big dude. So at the end of the first period, he skates over to the Rangers bench before they walk off the ice. He goes. He goes. Hey boys, we're gonna play hockey now, or am I gonna have to get involved? Because I haven't fought yet, but like, I will absolutely wipe the floor with your team. If we're going to keep fighting, or we can settle down and play the game, and they played the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I mean, Zdeno Chara is forty three years old, and has played hockey for twenty three years in the NHL. He's played in, in hockey the NHL. Than that. He's played in the NHL for twenty three years. This dude's disgusting. Quick two decades, no big deal. Uh, also holds the record for the fastest shot on record at like probably one thirteen. What, what's one thirteen now? Yeah. Something like um, that. Yeah, the dude, and and not always the most, not always the cleanest of players. Like, he's, there's been a couple questionable shots. A couple, yeah, like, I mean, the Max Pacioretty one comes to mind, but that was also, it was such a bang-bang on the boards, and it happened to be, like, the stanchion. I don't think it was intentional. No. He just, he, Zdeno Chara, 
I love Big Zed, always have. He plays like I would play. He plays on the edge. He toes the line. But he doesn't do what Tom Wilson does, which is he takes those scummy shots. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he takes those runs. Big Zed, he'll play within his game. And and, and aside from, a like a, again, some poor timing or right. just I like, mean, but, like a but, quick bang, bang, But whatever, exactly. Like. On, on skates, you got to think, those NHL players are moving 30 to 35 miles per hour. Well, I and, mean, that's and, so fast. And because of his size, right. like, things look worse. Right. Uh, like, so that that's the other part. Right. Of that I, I, I've, always, I've always said Zdeno Chara plays hockey the right way in my mind. He toes the line, but he never has malicious intent. Right. He does. He's got some fancy stick work in front of that. Who doesn't as a defenseman, right? I mean, that's that's a part of the game. Yeah. In front of the net, kind of a free throw. <laughs> can you can I, you, can you I, stand I there? Can, can you get the guy out? Like that. I can I can tell you that I was not a Chara fan for the longest time just because I got tired of watching him whoop our ass. Oh yeah, he up and down the ice. He's an animal. Yeah, and he's and he was the bane of our existence when he was with Boston and Ottawa. Yeah, I, I mean, mean this, this dude was just. Yeah. Oh look, like if. If we can, if we can keep Chara under wraps, where how many times did you say that about a defenseman? If we can keep Him, Chara under wraps, Chris Pronger maybe in his prime. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know about the real old guys like Bobby Orr and shit, right. but that was probably like that. I mean, and, and to say like, in today's NHL right now, well, and, and it's, it's like Cal McCarr, and that's part of it. Like, <laughs> so here's a dude who played in the heyday of the oh, line yeah. brawl, oh yeah, like the modern day line brawl era, and is good enough to. Have continued into the into and continue to dominate the modern NHL, which that stuff doesn't happen. I was going to say he's gone and through then two he lockouts. Skates past, he skates past a dude, like a team, and says, "We done or do I got to play too?" Yeah, like, and they went, "You know what? I think we're going to play some hockey now." <laughs> All right, time to play the game. All right, boys, put the hands away, put the pucks out. Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, absolute yeah. baller move. And uh, so the the other funny part of that is the NHL after the whole thing, after the whole line brawl thing comes out. And basically levies a quarter of a million dollar fine on the organi- on the Rangers organization. And okay, we want to send a message that line brawls are not a thing. Like this. that wasn't but, what that was about. Oh, no, no. So okay. so let me let me All get right. there. So if if they wanted to say you know we don't want the line brawls being a thing, we don't want it to be a thing where you're pissed off, so you send out a goon squad with the sole intent of throwing hands. Okay. But that's not what it was about. They ended their statement on social media basically saying that they find the organization that much because of the actions on the ice and because they took a shot at the player safety guy yep. uh, like publicly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, okay. that that's why the front office was removed, right? And those both of those guys, the GM and the president of hockey operations, who've been re- both replaced by Chris Drury, um, both tried to distance themselves from that social media post. They were like, yeah, no, we had nothing to do with it. But then the NHL was like, oh, well, you run the team. How do you not know what social media post is going out? In other words, the NHL offices called James Dolan and was like, hey, what the fuck's going on with you? What's going on with your organization? He goes, I don't know. I'll just fire the two guys at the top. Yeah, they they came out and (laughs) said. They threw him under the bus. They came out and said, fix it. Yep. They threw him under the bus and James Dolan pays a quarter million fine and... They they're supposed to move on, and now the coach is out. Like, and that's that's what frustrates me. Is once again, I know we've said it multiple times. If you ask me, the Rangers handled this entire thing entirely correct. I don't think their social media statement was out of line. No, I, I do think George Peros needs to have some some sort of response to that. Yeah, the, the, at bare minimum, the league needs to look at him and say, "Dude." Not to mention Tom Wilson's suspension history. Right. I mean, you can go look at that. He's missed. He's in the past, like. Eight years, he's missed something like 40, 50 games from suspensions. And he doesn't get suspended for that one? I cannot blame the Rangers at all in that. Yeah, it's tough. But the league is. The league is throwing the Rangers under the bus for Tom Wilson's actions. It's a, it's a bad look, man. And, and and you're seeing that across all sports right now where the, the, like, the proper reaction to an event isn't taken. And then the overreaction to the reaction right, is right. above and beyond what it ever should have been. When the reaction wouldn't have happened if the initial reaction was there. Right. But I digress. We are we are boiling that. Do, do we have seeds yet for, for the playoffs or are just teams? Uh, I'll look it up. I know that there's definitely clinched. Um, and the central for sure I know is set because Tampa and Florida were playing their series. 
uh, to finish out the year, and they're matching up in the first round. Sweet. And I don't know, Brandon Montour, former Sabres guy, uh, now on Florida, the other day he got into it with Pat Maroon, and they, they, they got separated, and they were skating away. He goes, yeah, get to the box, fat Pat. And then Pat Maroon <laughs> turned around and jumped him over the referee, and like oh, got but like God, that's gonna be yeah. a fun series, man. The 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 Florida boys are buzzing. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So looking at looking at the the matchup. So we just talked a little Florida Tampa. Um, that's that one's gonna be real fun to watch. Tampa sliding into the third seed. They're not gonna have home ice advantage. Right. Uh, defending Stanley Cup champs. Florida's been on the up and up. Big fan of Sasha Barkov, the center there. Um, he's just a stud two way player. They got a bunch of other guys. Aaron Eckblad is unfortunately injured. He's uh, the defenseman who was taken before Sam Reinhardt in 2013, before uh, right before us. Um, he's unfortunately hurt, but that's why Brandon Montour ended up there. And Sergei Bobrovsky versus Andre Vasilevsky, which Russian goalie is going to steal you a game or two, you know? Right. Um, Nashville slides into the playoffs after missing the past couple of years, and they get – a bunch of jerks and Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, yeah, good luck with that. That's going to be a slaughter. Out west, they still got a bunch of games because of some COVID stuff, so right. the, the seeds could technically switch. So all four teams are locked. It's just whether right. Colorado could catch Vegas because they got a game at hand and they're two points back. Minnesota's three points back at Colorado. Two games left, so if Colorado drops any points, Minnesota could gain. St. Louis is locked into that four slot. Um, so really, St. Louis is just waiting to find out who they're going to play. Pretty much, St. And the, Louis and the other three yeah, are battling so, who's going to play who. Yeah, so it's it's just it's home ice advantage at the top there. But um, regardless, coming out of the West, Minnesota is going to be fun to watch because Kirill Kaprizov, the twenty five year old Russian rookie who I we've mentioned him before. He's been playing in the Russian pro league since he was eighteen, and right. a lot of these Russian guys they come over later to the NHL because they have to fulfill the contract over in Europe. Yeah. Um, By penalty of death, sometimes. Right. Um, I, I I'd like to say that's a joke. It's not. No. No. <laughs> no it is not. But he he is he is absolutely electric to watch. And Minnesota expansion team in like 2000 or 2001, something like that. They've never had a player like this. The best player they've had in their history since the Wild came back after the North Stars left was Marion Gabrick, who is a damn good player. But Kaprizov is different, and he changes that entire team. Um, That'll be fun to watch, especially if they get Colorado first round. Colorado, man, that if you want to watch some good hockey, that team flies around the ice. They sure do. Uh, that top line is big too. Landeskog, McKinnon, and Ranton and all are like six two, and like, but they have skill. So that'll be fun. I, I, I mean, I know last year in the Western Conference Final, everybody wanted Vegas, Colorado. We could get that in the second round this year, right? So even, that even more gooder. Yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting. Up north, same kind of thing with seeding. I don't think anybody can technically catch anybody besides Winnipeg and Montreal, three and four seeds. Uh, so basically, who gets to play Toronto? Who gets to play Edmonton? Is that more of a who gets to lose to Edmonton and who gets to lose to Toronto? See, no. Okay. Because I just, listen, I, this, I, I, this is why you're right. on the show, guy, because I don't know that. The, the, the wild part about the Canadian division is it's definitely the most wide open. Right. It is the most wide open because in terms of team depth, Nobody has a super deep blue line in the West. Uh, like if you look at Toronto, Toronto is paying like four guys something like thirty six million out of the the what is the cap? It's like something like eighty six million. So I mean that's a lot. That's Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. They're very top heavy. There's two lines. If you want to think about it, like the Sabers, the Sabers have been a one line team for how long? Right. So it's similar to that. They got two lines though. Oh, <laughs> but they still don't really have that much depth. Same with the Oilers. The Oilers have McDavid on one line, Dreisaitl on the other, and then when they need to, they put them together. They're very top-heavy. So, in other words, the North, you never know what's going to happen depending on game to game. So that'll be interesting. I Like, Montreal, you can't sleep on. They're, they're, they're very young, and when you get to the playoffs, young teams, despite not having the playoff experience, they have all the energy. You know what I mean? Well, and... The thing that stands out here for me is the Canadians with their ten overtime losses. That means you've played a lot of tight games oh, yeah. that you didn't like. I mean that that very easily right, but could also that, the those ten games. If they win half of them, they're ahead of the Jets. Right, and the other thing is once you get to the playoffs, it's not three on three, five minutes, and then shootout. 
You got you, you got to play. You got to play real hockey. Yeah, you're playing the game. So the, the ten losses there. How many were shootouts? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't have it here. How many? You know, um, and also you're losing three on three in OT. Does that happen if it's five on five? We don't know. Right. We could find out. <laughs> um, and then out east, east is you know the bloodbath. Um, Pittsburgh Islanders is going to be real interesting, but I I know I've said it here before. The Islanders are just so deep and they play well as a team Pittsburgh can put the puck in the net but they can't keep it out Islanders keep the puck out of the net and score just enough so it'll be that'll be interesting defense versus offense matchup kind of thing and then Washington Boston man all right let's get it rolling those are two teams who like to bring the physicality two teams who can get up and down the ice that's going to be some old-time hockey also Big Zed playing against his former team that'll be fun to watch um. Yeah, playoffs are about about here. Yeah, and I mean it, the the best thing about and this will be interesting because usually when you get the back and forth of playoff hockey and the mixing of the divisions for the conferences and everything, like you see some you know some interesting wild matchups that you, like you got a glimpse of through the season. Right. But, like this is like these are grudge matches at this point. Oh yeah. This is 56 games against the same pool of teams. And now the four of you that are left have to go to war because uh, are these three game series or these five game series? Seven. So are they're full sevens? Oh yeah, no full sevens. Okay. It's just that you're playing for a division winner and then the final four. Right. So so so, so you're basically going to war to win your division. After to, to have a ch- like after going to war for 56 <laughs> games already to win your to win division. Your division. <laughs> Only to go and then have to play yeah, you gotta, two you, more series. You gotta to win, win it. You cup. gotta win eight more games to get to the final four. Yeah, and so. like this, you're gonna see every single matchup right. get a little chippy. I, I was just gonna little, say. I mean, you get a little dicey. I, yeah, you you can say it for all the other divisions. They've seen they've seen every team eight times. But I mean, you want you want chippy. The North Division has seen teams nine or ten times. Yeah, and now they got a series. And, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like you see a team four, five times in a short period. It, I'm throwing it, hands. Yeah, like so. Somebody <laughs> said something about your mama. Somebody talked about you know. Somebody's talking about your you know who who brought the Rocket Boys and it's your girl sitting in the stands. Yeah. Like oh, next thing you know, we're all hands on deck again. We might see some more old time hockey, bud. I would imagine. Love. Some I mean, that was hockey. the number one thing we talked about when the schedule first came out. Right. It's gonna. It's it's gonna be a more physical, grindy game because of how often you're seeing these teams. They got tons of film on you. They everybody knows what everybody's gonna do and. And there's history, <laughs> and and, th- and then you get out of it, and you're gonna play a team you haven't seen all year. Right. That's that's gonna be and so the semifinals and cup finals is gonna be real interesting. They, they are, aren't they? Like, so you're you're gonna see one of two things. You're either gonna see teams come out a little tentative, like, all right, let's see what they got, let's see what they can do, or you're gonna see teams that come out and say, "Fuck it, let's play." My, I mean, my biggest thing is is. It's kind of a war of attrition. Who comes out strongest from their I, if, if I'm if I'm coming out of my division, if I if I win my division and I'm coming out into the into the semis, I'm coming out and I want to make a statement. Right. Like, I'm, I, I'm not I, I'm I, not playing back and letting you come to me. I'm coming out. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fly. I'm gonna try to hit you, and I'm gonna yeah. try to bury as many as I'm I can. Not, in game I'm one. not. I'm not. I want to set a tone. I'm not saying that that's not the case. What I'm saying is, especially with. The first two rounds, you're going to see a lot, a lot of chippiness and stuff. Right, injuries. And, yeah. I mean, who who, who comes out ready? We're to play. really going to see who's got the deepest team here. Right, and I mean that's what the cup is supposed to be. Yeah. Right, and I think that we're really going to see that here because the first two rounds. I know we keep saying it. It is going to be a bloodbath. Yes, and I would not be shocked if a, te- a team or two make it to the semifinals, and yet they are missing a stud. Yeah, so. And that so coming out of that, coming out of the bloodbath, being healthy, like I said, I'm still even if I'm a little banged up, I want to come out fast. I want to come out hard. I, oh, want, yeah. to set, I want to set a tone. Yeah. I want to send a message because at I, this point, you're it, when you make it to the semis, you're representing your division as yeah. much as you just fought all of them to to win it. Now you are like if Pittsburgh comes out of the East, yeah, man, you're representing the entire East, which was said before the year supposed to be the best division in hockey. What happens if you lose yeah. before the Cup final? All of a sudden, it's like. Oh, maybe that wasn't that good of a division, or was it? No, we just got beat up by the division, and then we got through, and all of a sudden we faced a fresher team. 
It's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. I love playoff hockey, and yeah. I can't wait to just sit on my couch, drink a lot of beers, and watch some great, great hockey. Yeah, I'm... I'm excited for what, and especially once the schedule gets more finalized, uh, it looks like I'm seeing Saturday being the first playoff game. It looks like the Bruins and Capitals at sure. 7-15. That's what I'm seeing online is round one, game one. Uh, and then the Flames and Canucks start Sunday. And that's cool. what they that's what they have scheduled to, to this point. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe, oh, shit, Sunday's at 1030 at night. Well, yeah, it's a Western Yeah, game. West Coast. That makes sense. But yeah, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll set up a little hats, tats, and sats hockey uh, hockey viewing party or something. Kind of hang Ooh. out, hang out, drink some beer, and watch some puck. All right, you can school me in the ways of the ice, the ice palace. <laughs> but uh, changing gears a little bit here, we've got some some news, some some Bills news. The Bills are opening the season at home. Against Big Ben and the Steelers. Allegedly Big Ben. Allegedly Big Ben and the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, that'll be fun. Yeah. I'll whoop uh, the Steelers again. You know, and, and I, if nothing else, I'm looking forward to the fact that the Steelers aren't going to be like, 11 or no! Because... 0-1. <laughs> <0 and> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other the other th- thing I saw uh, was we're playing New Orleans Thanksgiving uh, night. I that that It's not official. Because okay. the official schedules don't drop until... 4 o'clock or something like that? F- 4 or 8, one of the two. Um, but yeah, so allegedly we're playing New Orleans in New Orleans on Thanksgiving night. Which that would be electric. Love, love, love the Thanksgiving games. Yep. Um, I saw a Week 13 showdown Monday Night Football in Buffalo against With New Patriots, England. yep. Uh, I saw two other potential Monday night games as well. I wish I would have kept it pulled up. But. I'm pretty sure we have a Sunday night possibly in there locked in too. Yeah. I don't um, know. We're going to get a lot of primetime games because we, we showed out in primetime last year. Well, we showed out in primetime. They were some of the most most watched yeah. games. Also, uh, Bills fans, like I, I, I know the primetime is a draw, but don't be pathetic and say that 1 o'clock is the worst time slot to watch football. There's nothing better than waking up and immediately watching football. Yeah, so... 1 o'clock is the best time slot. So for me, and, and like non-1 o'clock games, like I don't know if we're just so used to them because we had just, That's just probably had them true, for so long. But I can't sit there and wait all day. Oh, my God. Like It's miserable. I never understood the whole waiting all day till Sunday night or for Sunday night, and now I do because I've had to do it. It's miserable. Oh, I just want to. I just want to watch the Bills game at one o'clock and then be sad or happy and watch the rest of the na- the day of football. You know, and like I, it's interesting for me because I I get out of work after a long string of doubles on Saturday, and I usually stay up because I'm not going to go to bed and then be up at you know eleven o'clock at night. And be like, yeah. well, now what do I do? Yeah. So I wake up when when we're when we're home. Back in the day, back in the mythical time of when we could be go to things and do stuff, we're in our tailgate spot at seven seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. So I wake up a little groggy and I, you know, grab a cup of coffee, drink that while I'm getting my bill my bill stuff on, fill up the old uh, fill up the old Yeti with some more coffee, spike, a little bit a little bit of Bailey's, spike it with bourbon cream for when I get there, not for when I'm driving. <laughs> Well, no, that's why you got Ellie, right? She's the driver. No, she drives home. Ah, I see, because you're you're you're. That's listen. That's always the plan, but I I always end up driving home because, you know, I I understand it's a marathon. Ellie likes to win the race. Yeah, that is well. She's a Yelich. We got one speed. Yeah, one speed. Fucking, it's it's not slow, but it's it's not super fast. No, no, it's uh, (laughs) it's definitely go hard in the paint when it comes. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's that's where the the legend. What does the word no mean? We don't know. That's, that's we what, don't know. Well, see, Allie's problem is she tries to drink with professionals like me. Yeah, and no, Taylor. she tries to keep up. She tries, with, with she the tries big to boys. keep pace, and that it's just like, doesn't sweetheart, work. Sweetheart, listen. Um, but you know that's that's where things like uh, the Legend of Jar Jar. Oh yeah, Legend of Jar Jar comes claim up. Ben. Good old Bull Claim Ben. Uh, Bull Claim Ben was supposed to be with us today. Uh, he got a little. Got yeah, a little, he, had a, he had some birthday celebrations yesterday. Yeah, and then he got a little lost. Somehow he parted at UB and ended up in Niagara Falls. We don't make the rules. Listen, these things happen. At least he didn't end up in Montreal. Sometimes you got to end up in Montreal. Listen, these things happen. It's right over the border. Right. It's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's and just a, an eight and a half hour ride from Buffalo. <laughs> it's really not that bad. I it's mean, if really you, not. It's, if, if you go straight down the thruway and then cross over Thousand Islands, you can be in Montreal like that. Yeah, it, it's... Or it, you can hop on a boat on Lake Ontario. You never it, know. It, 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 oh, listen. <laughs> we should buy a boat. 
Ooh. No, we're not buying a boat. You got you got me interested. No, not doing that. But uh, yeah, so heard a lot of a lot of rumblings about the schedule. Excited about it. Yeah, excited. About um, it. I was not here last week, so can we talk a little Bills draft? Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll do. Uh, so some things we covered last week were obviously we went through the Bills draft picks and we talked the idea slash philosophy behind. Whether or not we were going running back, the fact that we didn't end up going running back, the fact that we then went back to back defensive ends, uh, but you could make the. Oh, argument. it was a good pod. It was yeah. good. You guys, you guys, you guys ripped it up. Yeah, loved it. You know, so uh, what's your what's your take here, guy? Uh, I am a big fan of Mister Rousseau and the monst- monstrous, monstrous. Size so he I to the game. I am on record on this podcast saying was not a fan of Gregory Rousseau. Uh, I am now on this podcast saying hopefully I am an idiot like I claim I am. <laughs> and that it works out because now he is our guy. Uh, I did end up going watching more film on Rousseau and Basham. And the number one thing I saw, especially with how we started blitzing at the end of last year, is we want defensive linemen who can stunt. Yes. Rousseau, very good at stunting. He was on the inside a lot in Miami, but he he slanted out, right? He started as a nose and he ended up rushing as a three tech, if that makes sense. So he's lined up on the center. He gets outside of the guard for the rush. They're bringing blitzes behind. When I was at Utica College, we did a very similar thing. We would go with a three-man line. We have four linebackers. Up front, we would we would either slant or what we called it was slice. It was two gaps over, right? So a lot of times I would line up in a five-tech, and I would have to go back down inside of the guard as like a two-tech right. rushing because we're bringing linebackers around the outside. Miami did a lot of that. Yeah. Rousseau, very good at it. Basham. More of a straight-up rusher, um, but that is important because when you bring those blitzes, you need a guy who can keep outside contain with a good rush so that when you bring blitz from the left, say, the quarterback doesn't have anywhere to roll out to the right, so you just kind of have him in. Basham, very good at that. He, he, I know that Bean said they were thrilled to find him at the end of the second round, and uh, a lot of people have a lot of people having that being potentially potentially steal of the draft because he they they have him as first round talent. Yeah, it was very similar to Epinesa, if you ask me. You know, end of the second round, and just because of the way the board falls, you you get a good edge there, and the Bills see something that they can work with. And I don't mind the double dip, especially like we were talking. What won the Buccaneers the Super Bowl? It was their front seven in, on the defense. Yes, and. I think to get to Pat Mahomes, you have to be able to blitz creatively. And a lot of that, you can't just blitz creatively and have D linemen who don't stunt. That does nothing for you. Well, and Mario if, Addison can't stunt. If you if you listen to the episode last week, me and Austin went back and forth. You know, Austin was on the the, the running back train. I right. was very blatantly the other end of that spectrum. And you know, I look like, listen, how do you how do you beat Pat Mahomes? Because that's the measuring stick in the AFC. Right. You Still, have to. How do you beat him? By blitzes and your front four. Yep. Uh, running backs don't do that. No. And sure don't. So like, we we talked about it, and it was you know it, one of the things that like they they looked at it how Tampa slowed down Mahomes. It was right. basically like we're going to use their motion game against them. Zone zone blitz and jump motions. Like I mean, listen, the Bills. I I, I trust them obviously to come up with a very good defensive game yes. plan. And the issue last year was we had. Mario Addison and uh, Vernon Butler rushing the passer on third downs. Yes. Now that's not going to get it done. No, and now you we're talking about a defense that could look something along the lines of uh, Rousseau, Epinesa, Jerry Hughes, and Boogie. See, here was my thought. It was it would be more Epinesa, Rousseau, Eddie, Jerry slash Boogie. Right. Like so, like I'm I'm looking at like with the option of putting four defensive ends out there, circa the Giants, pretty much. But, uh, but you would have Eddie in there rushing as well. Yes. I would think. And the other thing is uh, they get very creative with their fronts, and that could be beneficial to that because if you let's say let's say you come out, you get Epinesa and Jerry wide, you get two three techs with Rousseau and Eddie. And let's say that left side, Epinesa and Rousseau, we're going to slant in. We're going to bring AJ Klein off the edge, and we're going to loop Milano through uh, B-gap. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, like that just sounds great to me. I you know agree. what I mean? That's a lot of athletic defensive linemen who could get through on the stunts. Well, and, and I, was, I, I know I just said it, but like Vernon Butler and Mario Addison, they're they're not stunters. No. They're I'm gonna rush straight up and hold my gap and all that stuff, which is fine. That's not how you're gonna beat Pat Mahomes. No, and if you look at some of the better defenses and the defensive fronts in the league, they're they're guys that have a lot of differently they're more like hybrid defensive linemen now right like you it's, don't have your, we're moving especially defensively towards positionless football if yes. you want to call it that yes and you got to be know, able to do more than one thing and the the other side of that is having guys who can occupy offensive linemen oh right in, yeah in their rush because they're good at doing it right so you can have a thing like, like i said I, I i saw it like a couple days after the super bowl they showed like oh here's you know here's the jet or here's the uh, the Chiefs running motion. Uh, that dude vacates that side, and that means that corner becomes a blitzer, and he yep. just comes off the like moves in with the motion. Yep. Okay, he right hit off the, the line, backside. right off the backside, yeah. like right off his ass, and you know it it caused all kinds of hell. Yeah, Mahomes uh, it, ran for over five hundred yards backwards. Yeah, it, it was it was wild. It was insane. Uh, and then if again, it's copycat league. You know, when did Lamar Jackson start slowing down on his Hall of Fame numbers from his rookie year? After the Niners and the Bills. Wrote a blueprint on how to slow him down. I don't know if you saw this. There was an NFL analyst who went on to some Buffalo podcast that was talking, and the bot, the podcast. I know you're a big Edmonds guy, like me. Yep. Um, he said because a lot of Bills fans are like, we can just get rid of Edmonds. When the Ravens game planned to play Buffalo in the divisional round, their number one goal was to use motion and option to get Tremaine Edmonds moving the wrong way. They wanted to make sure he couldn't make the play because he could make the play on Lamar. Yep. Checkmate, Bills fans. <laughs> you don't you you don't just you don't just let that kind of guy walk. No. You don't have a team in the divisional round game planning for your middle linebacker, and you're just like, hey, he's not that good. Uh, and I would like to point out that my man Austin needs to hear that. Yeah, Austin, love you, good guy, local guy. Come big, on now, big, big local guy. Come on now. But I mean, he's and he is. He's on the. Uh, I don't think Edmonds is that guy because he's not Devin White, and not many people are. Right. There's nothing wrong with not having a first ballot Hall of Fame linebacker. I'm I'm perfectly okay with a perennial Pro Bowl middle linebacker. And and there's nothing saying he won't be. He's right. Oh, no, I know. He's he's, he's a he's puppy. Still, there there are linebackers that were drafted this year that are older, older than yes. Edmonds. And like, I mean, like, but that's that's also. He, he doesn't need to be a first round Hall of Fame. No, he that's doesn't. not saying that he couldn't be. No, but. Yeah, if he if he makes second team All Pro twice in his career and makes eight Pro Bowls, I'm, I'm not complaining. I agree. Uh, listen, and, and he's he's young. We talked about it probably a month ago. He's a puppy. He's he's young. He's he's young. He's a young veteran linebacker now. He's yeah, 22 and considered a veteran. Yeah, he, like, and uh, I know we've said it before, but we're getting our nose tackles back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Harry Harry's actually going to he's off a full year of rehabbing from his ACL surgery. Who had a very good second half of his year. Well, right, because I mean, I I said it last year too is with preseason he gets more live reps and gets more comfortable, but coming off an ACL, it was, "Hey, you're right back in. We're going full go." That's tough. Well, and you know, usually when you talk about an ACL injury, you're talking about a guy being able to cut and stuff like that when he's running routes and stuff. That's not the case. Like you're like you're talking power you're talking just right. explosion a, 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 off the line first driving because it's it's a nose tackle i mean also if you're getting double teamed you can't be having your knee buckle you know right. what i mean like that's but it, he's gonna have a full preseason well three games but now the new full preseason right um after actually having the second half of the year he had we get star back after opting out because of a global pandemic can't blame him for that but we're now gonna have him back and despite the fact that i still think he's overpaid it's going to make a huge difference in the run defense. Well, and, and this is this is the year that you find out what, if he's worth his money. Right, yeah. No, because, you're going to see if he makes an actual difference. Yeah, because of him coming back in, all of a sudden our run defense is head and shoulders above where it was to start the year last year. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's like... I, was, I, was, that's, I mean, he's, we, we've always said he's a guy that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but... Yeah. I was going to say, well, we were, what, top five defense for the first three years of McDermott, and last year we, we slipped a bit. Mm, more than a bit, but yeah. Well, but... <laughs> That's because teams could run the ball on us, right? And and, and again, a lot if, of that. If, like, right. if, if you look, both of our linebackers were hurt throughout the year. Uh, multiple guys in our secondary were banged up throughout. We had the year. AJ like, Klein and Tyrell Dodson starting at inside linebacker for like three games. Yeah, and, I and, mean, and, and still won. Right, and but that's that's the point. Is 
We were top five for the first three years. We have a bunch of injuries and opt-outs in a global pandemic year. Our defense slips. We're getting things back. We got two smart guys who can come up with game plans in Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. And 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 a head, and oh, a head but, coach. But and, a, and a head coach who's not afraid to look at Frazier and say, I'm doing it now. Right. Sit down. I, I, I was also just going to say this. If we take a stop back into the top ten defense – Right? It doesn't have to be top five. No. I'd like top five. But if you back into the top ten, oh, my God. Yeah. We were rolling teams at the end of last year. What happens when our defense is just going? Yeah. I To say I'm excited would be an understatement. <laughs> yeah. To say I'm excited to be back tailgating on Sunday mornings and back in Section 117 on Sunday afternoons would be an understatement. I'm ready to go dive through a table. Not this table. I like this table. This, this table is, nice is table. very nice. nice I table. also don't think you could get through it, to be perfectly honest. There's yeah, a this, lot of good support. This is sturdy. This is <laughs> this, this table is sturdy. It is not a table diving no, table. No, there is there is metal there is metal uh suspensions underneath this. I yeah. would not mess with no, that. No, I, I I wouldn't recommend it. Uh even if I had the the form of Mr. Spencer Brown diving through a table yeah. upon uh. being drafted. I'm excited for that, dude. Yeah. I said it last week. Um, oh, listen, man, give me give me big athletic offensive linemen, and if they hit, they hit. If they don't, whatever. Yeah, uh, you can look, never have enough. That's that's a, that's <laughs> a third round. That's a third round pick that could be phenomenal, or he could just be a third round pick. Yeah, like, but we're at a point where we don't need to draft guys that need to make an impact tomorrow. Right, and and I know people were like, "Oh, the Bills." I mean, we don't need tackles. I mean. At some point, like can, can you mean, can you have enough guys that protect your quarterback? Not to mention, one guy goes down, you're going to need another. But also, like Daryl Williams, he's got what two, three years on a deal, and Dawkins also probably has like three years, and then his deal's up. I mean, it, there's never a bad time to have a guy who, if Daryl Williams wants another payday, and you're like, listen, man, like I, you can go test free agency, and Bean has shown that, right? He wants his guys to to go to free agency and get paid, even if it's not by us. Yeah. Well, now we got a guy to slot in. Daryl goes, gets his payday. Everybody's happy. It's something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing. Just it, it it's nice to a not be worried about our draft picks and B to not be worried about us fucking it up because they've proven, they have a proven track record. Right. Tw- like, well, and also after, of, the, after the second round Bean has shown he's taken flyers on athletes that we kind of need at the time. You know what I mean? Well, the like entire in terms of defensive backs or receivers of, of all the players that Bean and McDermott have drafted, only four of them are currently not on the roster. Right. Like the fact that you have and a lot of that was picks. that first Bean draft. Yeah. It's like Ray Ray and Austin Prohl. Neither and, hit. And like one of them was Wyatt Teller. Right. Who and we moved him. We for moved him for, for another pick. And I mean. People are like, oh, he's one of the best guards in football. He's that's also a really good scheme fit for him out in Cleveland. Right. So I mean, I did like why I tell here. Him. I loved him. I saw when, when I saw him yeah. play and I saw him mowing people over. He was mean. I wanted a Wyatt Teller jersey. Um, I ended up not getting one. Probably but for the best. To be perfectly honest, if like if you're looking at Bean's track record and you miss on a guard out of all these, eh, I'll be okay. Well, and, and like I said, <laughs> it's, it's not even that he missed. They looked and said. We, well, we, don't, did we have, don't need him. We did have Richie and Quentin Spain at the time. Right. Um, but I still would have liked to hold on to him. I would have too. But again, it's, yeah. you know. Um, to transition here, because I think I think we've done a decent amount of Bills talk. How do yeah. you feel about the uh, the old Blue Jays getting, getting I, downtown? I am excited for the Blue Jays to be back in Buffalo. I think uh, I saw that they pushed ticket sales back a week, a week yeah. just because there's some new COVID protocol coming out, apparently. Well, no, it's they're, they're offering more tickets. Okay, so, so, so that's, that's why they moved it back a week because right. they, they wanted to make sure that they had the correct amount of tickets. I'm, I'm just I'm just so used to like new COVID protocol yeah. coming out uh, and it being less or worse. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I want to get to a couple games uh, very specifically when the Rangers come to town because my boy Jonah will be playing. Yeah. And I would like to see him play a pro pro ball game here in Buffalo. You want to? You want? Would you rather watch them play the Yanks or the the Astros in Buffalo? Not the Yankees. I hate Yankees fans. Well, I hate Yankees fans too, but that's right, fun to watch. A, they go yard. Right. Or they go O for the day. 
Like that that team I'll take is, that chance. That, that team is feast or famine. They and, and I'll take I'll take the chance to watch to watch, you know, the Yanks go boom or bust and also Vlad Guerrero Jr. on the on the Listen, Blue Jays. You, you you would be excited just to watch the Blue Jays because that team's playing good baseball right oh, now. Oh yeah. I, um I if if I get to go to a game, I want it to be the Rangers series. Well, yeah, because you're any, boy. anything anything above that would be a bonus. Um, I also wouldn't mind seeing the Astros just because, like, you know, it's the revenge tour of the it, league against the Astros. That part would be interesting to me because, like, I wonder how Buffalo would take them just because, yeah. like, but like, right. we, we, how we would they respond? We don't we're have not a big baseball city. Well, like, we don't have a pro team. Like, we're right. we're we're the 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 sister host of our big club. So like, how do we receive a team? Right. Like, we we don't have we don't have a horse in that race. Right. Like we same. It would be, it would be similar to like LeBron and the Heat playing in Buffalo against the Cavs if the Cavs stadium was down. Right. And it's like, how would Buffalo respond? Because it's not like we're a big basketball city. We don't have a pro team, but you can't pretend like the people here don't pay attention because we are a sports town. Absolutely. Through and through. Absolutely. So, so you're I, right. That would be a very interesting thing to see how the that, people of Buffalo respond. To that situation, yeah, it will be. That'll be fun to see for sure. Um, I wouldn't want to see them play the Yankees again, just because Yankees fans are obnoxious to me, and I, I wouldn't want to be sitting in a stadium full of them because there will be more Yankees fans at that of game course. than the Blue Jays. So, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it. And I hope you know the, the renovations they've done to the stadium. The stadium looks fantastic. It does. It looks uh, really they, nice. You know, well, it helps to have a major league club come in and give you some money to absolutely to renovate. And and, and, and now. There's there's murmur that the Oakland A's could be uprooting. Uh, I would love to see pro baseball Buffalo, permanently back Buffalo in Buffalo. Braves, the baseball team? Question mark. Yeah, you're not gonna have two teams called the Braves in the same league. Oh, that's fair. I and forgot you're, about you're, you're never gonna see. Yeah, a new no, team I forgot that Atlanta that. existed. Yeah, um, yeah, I would be. That would be fun. Yeah, like uh, the Buffalo A's, I'm in. Buffalo Royals. I mean, just change change the A's from. Green and gold. Nah, to- screw that. Let's go. Let's go. Buffalo Americans. Just bring Rochester Americans, and you got the A already. You know. Nah, I'm not opposed. That would be. That I would- just like blue and red. L- listen, you can you can make the the athletics logo blue and red. I mean, you could like but- just call it the Buffalo A's. Like I I'm not a big fan know, of dude. teams relocating and changing their name. I I don't know. Okay, like, but that's so like unless I'll, unless, I'll just unless, throw this at you. unless your name is very specific to where you played. Correct. Los Angeles Lakers moved from Milwaukee. Right. I mean, there's no lakes out in California down there. No. <laughs> but that one has always bugged me. It's like yes. why? So, so that like so that makes sense. But at the same time, like we're the Lakers, we're just moving. Yeah. Like so, I I would be remiss. Like when I mean what. Baltimore, the Baltimore Colts moved, yeah, then became the Indianapolis Colts. So when Baltimore became a new team, they made they named them the Ravens. Ravens. Like, yeah, uh, didn't did the Browns move? And yeah, then, yeah, no, they the the Ravens are actually the Browns. Okay, so like, I can see that's not so, being the that's, Baltimore I love Browns. That. The Baltimore Colts are actually the Indianapolis Colts. The Baltimore Ravens are actually the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns are actually an expansion franchise. Right, electric. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so like, I that like that. On one end, that sucks. On the other end, like I couldn't imagine calling Baltimore the Baltimore Browns, right? But like, if the A's were to move to Buffalo, I would not want them to be called anything but the A's, just because it's it's not like it's at a least new for, franchise, at least right? at least for a, a while, I would say, like maybe a decade, and then at that point, if you're established in that city, you and can then may, maybe rebrand, you do a rebrand, yeah. right? But yeah, I. Uh, I'm excited. You know, any any pro sport in your city is a big was, deal. You give me an excuse you know. to drink beers and watch sports, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So, so. I'm and I, I know I've said it on this but I'm not a big baseball guy. No. But live sports and beers. Live sports and beers. You got me. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun and I would like to get to a game or two this year if I could. Yeah, I mean, also like you said the stadium's looking super nice it and it was so nice. it was I always enjoyed it, that you know, stadium. I've I had the opportunity twice in my life to play there. Um it's always it's such a cool feeling to walk out of a dugout onto a pro field, yeah. and it's, it's just. I different. mean, in like, terms of minor league baseball stadiums, we got to be like top five, right? Uh, actually, right behind it, a little downtown skyscraper. You you'd be surprised at some of the minor league stadiums that. Oh are no, I've seen some. Like it's, I don't. I wouldn't put us in the top five. Uh, there's a lot of cool ones that have like mountain landscapes behind them. I don't and, give a fuck about mountains. Oh, dude, it's so cool looking. We got a lake. 
And no. Canada. You can see Canada no. from the top deck. No, you can't. Yeah? No. No. What are you, you just look It's facing the, the wrong way. Right. I'm saying if you're on the very edge of the top deck and you look back, you can see Canada. I guess. They call the cops on you because you're bullshit. Get out of here. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hat Stats and Stats. Diesel, thanks for joining me, man. Of course. Good to see you. Uh, we'll uh, we'll try to find K. Bobinator, Bold Claim Ben, and bring him for the yeah, next episode. Yeah, get him back from Niagara Falls, maybe. Yeah. Those, Guys uh, out in Hyde Park doing things. Those Niagara Fallsians. Uh, Maybe maybe we'll send Austin out to go look for him. Maybe. Oh boy, can, can we send Austin out to find a to find a better middle linebacker than Tremaine as well? Uh, we're we're gonna try. We're gonna put him on it. So, uh, again, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hats, hats, and hats. Part of the BACBP Radio Network. www.bacbp-radio.com. Go there, check us out. Uh, check out all the other cool podcasts, including the other ones that I am a part of, Comet Debauchery and Tip of the Cap. Uh, also, our little side pet project, the Network Sports Talk Show, and everything else that's on the network. And uh, like, subscribe. You can get us on Spotify, Apple. Vote on our athlete thing. Vote on the athlete thing. Uh, the actual bracket is taking shape and will be out soon. Um, again, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will catch you next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Hats, Stats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom supplemented uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code tip of the cap, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great, feel great, play great.